<laughs> I think that's the thing. That's another question about the preaching sermons. We've got a lot we can talk about. Yeah. But I love what, uh, I forgot St. Quentin somewhere, but he said, our adequacy, our sufficiency is not in ourselves, but in, but in God. Amen. It's not yeah. in ourselves. Yeah. And that's why we can't keep looking at ourselves. But I think we need to understand we get to, we get to represent. We yeah. get to, and he, yeah. he leads and guides. It's not me. And I love the, the, the yeah. John 15 passage. We talked about, you know, without me you can do nothing. But the thing is, we don't have to produce fruit we get right. to bear fruit yeah and he works in us that yeah. we our job is to abide in him and he in us yeah. because apart from him we can do nothing but he he produces the fruit yeah. and bears it in our life to show off for his glory and i think that's a beautiful thing yeah well and, and something you know as it relates to being a, a pastor you know i think there's there's a misconception that somehow you know pastors because of the nature of of my vocation as a as a minister of the gospel that I have a I have a, a closer line to the Lord, you know, than than <laughs> yeah. than someone who isn't a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you talked about it, you know, we, and we talked from from Ephesians chapter four that my job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, you know. And so if you are a barista, or if you are a teacher, or if you are in a, in, in a, what we would consider a secular. Uh, Vocation, which I don't, I don't really buy into the sacred secular distinctions. We can talk about that <laughs> more. Um, but anyway, that there are there are venues where people can go in their vocation that I I will ne- people that they're going to encounter and interact with that I'll never have a chance just by virtue of being a pastor. Right, right. You know, my day to day keeps me in in my office or in ministry situations where you know, as a as a truck driver, I mean, you could go all over the country and represent Christ, you know, and part of my job is to give you the tools to encourage you as a truck driver, as a, whatever it is to uh, represent, to represent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think it's funny because, you know, you in your job, even though you possibly could go to a lot of places, when you show up, you're a pastor. Yep. Like my grandfather's a pastor yep. at church, and so every time we went to barbershop, yeah. a couple of times when I got older, I was in there already. Yeah. He walk in, hey, pastor! Conversation changes, everything. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. why when I got yeah. ordained as a minister, in my tradition, you go by pastor or reverend. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yep. and I didn't want people calling me Reverend Brown. I didn't want that <laughs> that that barrier right away right. when I right. walk into a building. Yeah. That, and I, I, t- I take it two ways. Because yeah. un, un, there are people who treat me a little differently. They they don't cuss around me, and I appreciate that. I think there's a yeah. there's a passage in Job where the men the young men stood up and kind of honored him. I, mm-hmm. I I don't mind the honor, sure. but I don't want that separation for you to think I'm better than you yeah. or that I'm different from you. And you mentioned the idea that a, a, a prayer line to God, somebody. Uh, Go, call and ask me to pray for them. I'm like, yeah, you called the right person. I got a special connection with God. Me and, you know, we go way back. Kind of joking <laughs> with them, right? Sure. And I will pray for them. And we yeah. do want the pastor. The Bible talks about Ephesians yep. to call the elders to pray for the sick, right? Yeah. So we should we pray for each other. But you don't have more special connection with God than I do no. because we're both children of God. Yeah. We're, we're both saved and God hears both of us, yeah. right? You just get to read the Bible a lot more than I do. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> it's part of what you do to prepare and equip the saints for working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, there's, uh, yeah, it, that idea of, you know, when I interact with people and they find out, you know, because for example, just recently went to a, a, a wireless store and uh, was looking to, to pick up a new device for one of my children whose birthday is uh, soon. And, <laughs> I know who that is. <laughs> and, and my uh, the, the the salesperson was asking me all kind of well, you know, what do you do? And and his his desire was to try to give me some kind of a uh, a discount or whatnot. You know, are you in law enforcement? No. Do I look like a cop? Well, kind of <laughs> you do, but um, you know. And so really, he. he 
I'm faced with the decision. Do I tell them I'm a pastor or do conversation I, changes? Right, because it changes. Tone. Right, right, right. And so I told him I'm a pastor and, and, and he rather than get defensive, he, he actually opened up and came to find out that he fellowships at a church and, mm-hmm. you know, in that community. And he's, he, you know, he's a believer and he and his wife are, you know, newly married. And so it, that's a, a great way, you know, that we can encourage each other in the faith. Uh, but, you know, it, it could have gone in the other direction. It could have been like, oh, oh you're good a pastor. for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you, so you works one day a week. How's that? You know? <laughs> Um, and so it does change because, and especially with friends that we make at church here in the ministry, there's nowhere I can go where I'm not the pastor. Right. Yeah. There, there's nowhere that I can and not go. Not that you want to, but no. you want to be just a right. part of the body. Like yeah, I'm absolutely. Not, I'm just know. I'm just a guy, just like anybody else. You know. Well, you know, if as long as you're a guy, <laughs> uh, you know that I, I like to I like to do things outdoors. I you know I. It, yeah, cut down trees. Cut after down trees. Two sermons on Man, Sunday morning. So cut, so gratifying. So so I'm at your house playing uh, laser tag with your girls, yeah. running around in the backyard, and you're cutting down trees. That's <laughs> how I got to relax, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there's those things. It's kind of a funny funny thing on that is because I'm a pastor, and because we're new to the community, we've only been here two and a half. We have no roots. We have no connections beyond the church. It it, it never ceases to amaze me or amuse me how people react with me and they find out that I can do things beyond just preaching <laughs> or pastoring. You can cut down a, you can cut yeah. down trees, yeah. you can mow lawns, yeah. you can yeah. Or or how quick people oh oh pastor we, we don't you don't need to worry about that. Like like I can't sweat, you know, or or put tables away or, or clean up. You know, you say, you say that <laughs> I think that may originally come from a good place. Because sure. you know, in the Bible where disciples were were being railed on by the Hellenists, was it? The, yeah. And they were because they were the, the women were being neglected to yeah, uh, at, serving the food. Act, right? Acts chapter six, yep. And so they appointed men to do the serving so mm-hmm. they can focus themselves on the word and prayer. Yep. And yep. I was just one of the questions I want to ask you, I know those interviews going long, but in your role, and I was a kids pastor, mm-hmm. and I felt that as a kids pastor, the majority of my job was being pushed on me was administrative work. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. wasn't the preparing the yeah. sermons, preparing the Sunday, yeah. equipping other people. It was doing job interviews or job mm-hmm. reviews. More and administrative, I, I, yeah. I don't, that's, not my, that's not my gifting, that's not my calling. My calling right. is to teach the Word of God and right. to train other people to do it. Right. But I felt that tug. And so I think maybe the, the, the heart behind them saying, hey, don't do that, is that you can be free to do sure. those other things. And, I, and maybe I'm speaking for you, but maybe they should take some more administrative stuff away from you, <laughs> not necessarily the cutting down your own trees. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, speak yeah, to that yeah, idea of, as yeah, a pastor, yeah. the balance between administrative work and actually studying the Word of God and preparing and preaching and praying. Sure. Uh, I actually heard this on a podcast um, called Pastor's Talk by uh, Jonathan Lehman and Mark Dever from uh, Nine Marks, and, and, and they... Uh, they were talking about uh, deacons and what's the role of a deacon. Diakonos is the Greek word, and, and a deacon is that is one who serves. So we talk about Acts chapter six, and so we sort of see this this prototype of of deacons and the role of deacons serving. And and really, as a pastor teacher, uh, I'm really a, a deacon of the word, hmm. right? And so my you serve the word. I serve the word, right? And so at the heart of it is service. 
And so whether it's, it's cleaning up tables or, or wiping down things or, or vacuuming the, the auditorium or the sanctuary, whatever it might be, it's still an act of service. And, and my primary role is to be a, a servant of the word and to serve the word. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't, you know, get my hands dirty and, and do those kinds of things. But too. if you go to a restaurant and a really good chef, you see him out there busting tables, you're like, hey, yep. you, you, yep. You should, you're not serving the food, you're doing the tables. You need yeah. to get some else to serve the tables yeah. so you can focus on getting my plate ready. My well, ready. and so therein uh, is, is the perennial problem in church is that we have seen a shift in cult- church culture where members of the congregation, regular attenders, uh, they come to be served mm, and not to serve. And not to serve. Right. And, you know, and why? Well, I'm busy. Everybody's busy. I'm busy. I've got eight kids. Well, man. I think we live in an entertainment yeah. driven generation or sir, right. uh, culture right. where entertain me, make me happy, do right. something for my right. kids. And, right. and then, because I think even when I was at a church and they were talking about going to two services or doing services on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I think the more options you give people, the more it's more like a menu. Yeah, yeah. Versus the, can we even, do we have right. the capacity to do these things? Are we doing them because we want to give people more options to be involved in church? And we're mm-hmm. not really being involved. We're getting them to be more entertained. They're, they get right. more options, and then you run yourself ragged. Right, because because we're appealing to the consumer identity of our culture. Right, right. You know, and and it, it but it's a t- it's, it, there's tension because we have the greatest news in the world. Right. You know, we really do. We it, we have the wor- very words of life mm-hmm. for people, and people are so because of the adversary, because of you know all of the, the sin that still exists, obviously. People are, are running so ragged trying to find meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe they have time on a Sunday for a service, you know. But beyond that, how are they taking that into the week, you know. Right. And so that's where churches, I think, do struggle with how do we meet people where they are in the culture? Um, how much of that do we want to be countercultural? Just because, you know, and, and my, my perspective is that, you know, we're a church. People know what they're getting into when they come here. And so let's not dilute it. Let's not yeah. water it down. Let, let's present a steak dinner, you know, uh, the meat of the word. And um, not that we're going to put it, make it uh, like a tough steak. You know, right, we, want right. it, we want it to be a good steak. Right. We want right? it to be appealing. Finish with be, butter. And... I think we want it to be engaging. We <laughs> yeah, want absolutely. Because like, yep. you, you can have a steak that's cooked well, right. but you right. also can have an engaging steak that right. has the, the dressing, the, the toppings or the fixings around it to yeah. make it more enticing, but you're still yeah. getting the same meal. So with that right. said, I think you talked about the idea of you can cut your trees down, you can do some stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I think having more help in administrative and organizing can be helpful because it frees you up to spend yeah. time in your office reading the Word, studying, yeah. doing deeper things. Yeah. Because my grandfather's a pastor, yeah. and he, um, I don't know how he did it, but he drove the bus to pick people mm. up. Mm-hmm. He opened the church, he swept the floors, yeah. mopped the floors. All this. I don't know how much time he was able to give to actually right. just the preparing of messages. Right. We, and eventually, as the church grew, he got somebody to drive the bus, got somebody to do other things, and we grew as a church, and I think they gave yeah. him more time to spend in the Word of God. Right. So as a pastor, how, how what would you tell the congregation, practical Connecting faith and life. Mm-hmm. You don't want people to, to worship you because you're not nope. God, you're not nope. Jesus. To not worthy. You. But how can they best interact with you mm-hmm. or appreciate you or sure. do life with their pastor but not yeah. put, them on, put them on a pedestal, yeah. so to speak? Well, I think, I think a couple of things. One comes to mind is prayer. I, I mean, praying for me, praying for my wife, praying for our kids. Um, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's another thing that 
we didn't mention as much as part of the role, you know, studying the word is awesome. Being in God's word is, is, I mean, it is a blessing and a privilege um, because I, I, I love that. But uh, prayer is also a, a, another key element to, because par- prayer is what fuels ministry. You know, it really does. And, and so I think congregation can be praying for us and, and, and then also just being willing to serve. You know, how can I, how can I help? What can I do? Um, not what can I get from you or what can you give me or, or whatever, but how can I, and how can I grow in my relationship with Christ? What does that even look like? Um, that would be amazing. Um, because that would make my job as a pastor so much easier in that sense, uh, because I'm not trying to manufacture or create urgency or excitement, but like just pray and, and, and ask, okay, Lord, how do I, what do you want from me? You know? and I think the motivation has to come from our, our relationship with Christ. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that because yep. I'm saved, I'm going to work. I'm, I want, I want to be involved yeah, yeah. with getting this message as many people as possible. Yep. And that's why yep. I think, you know, a lot of times when people come to church, they walk the aisle, they trust Christ as Savior. Yeah. Sometimes as a church, our first, um, next, our next step is usually, Hey, what's yeah. your spiritual gift? How can yep. you serve? Instead of going, Hey, Let's go deeper into what salvation is. Let's yeah. learn about justification, sanctification. Let's learn about what those words mean mm-hmm. because I think as we grow believers in that rich truth of what Christ has done for yeah. them, that in itself motivates them. I think Paul said in yep. one of the Corinthians, <laughs> the love There's of Christ, only two. <laughs> one of, the love of Christ constrains me. Mm. You know, it controls mm-hmm. me, it yeah. moves me to do. Why? Because what Christ has done for me. Right. And I think as a pastor, as a leadership team, we to spend more time in Helping people really get that, yeah. I think we as a church have to spend less time trying to get people to serve because it flows from who we are and mm-hmm. what we understand. And Christ it just, it's done a for natural us. outflow. Now I want to. Yeah. I, yeah. I get to yep. help other people get this great message I have. Amen. Or this great grasp, this yep. great salvation I have. Absolutely. So number one, people pray for you. Number pray two, pray for you. Pray for me. Um, number two, be be willing to serve. Help. You know, what can we do to help? And then uh, the third thing is really. Uh, encourage my uh, encourage for me personally my, my wife and my kids you know just to be there to love on them um and and for no other reason that they're just they're they're people to be loved you know they're image bearers of god they're they're not any i'm the one that gets paid to do what i do they they, I ha, they just came with me <laughs> you know they're very supportive of, of the ministry in fact we minister as a family yeah they do a lot of work in they the do church, right? but but oftentimes it you know, it, it's a double-edged sword because it, it, it's a good thing, uh, but it, because we're very supportive and we we know what's expected, but it it can also be challenging because it's like, well, if my kids don't show up, then or my wife doesn't do something, then who's going to fill that gap? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and especially for my wife as the pastor's wife, the you know who I teasingly refer to as the first lady of the church. My grandmother was the first lady of the church. That was her role. She wore it well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And something my wife, she hits me every time I mention that. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it's trying to just to have a good perspective, a healthy perspective, Mm -hmm. and to not treat us any differently uh, in the sense of that we are real people with, we have issues. We we're not perfect. Right. Um, we don't want to be on a pedestal. That's a lot of p. I'm a lot of very, feeling very oh, illiterate today. <laughs> um, we don't want to be on a pedestal, um, but we do have a platform. <laughs> You're working to peace. I am working now. Um, you know, to, to, because God has called us and set mm-hmm. us apart for this, and and so we don't want to 
belittle that or, or, or right. we don't want to dismiss that. But at the same time, have a healthy perspective. Right, right. So I, I would guess I will sum it up. The pastors are people too. Yeah, yeah. So is absolutely. there? So are there people? <laughs> yep, yep. So, and I think that's that's yep. real talk because yeah. Yeah. I think I, you see some of these big churches and. Um, that the pastor gets put on this big pedestal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's good for the human heart to be worshipped. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not good for the human heart to be put on a huge pedestal. Right. And you see the great fall of yeah. some of these men. And I think there's a battle. So I would say for people to pray for you because there is a battle for our pastors. Because yeah. yeah. if, if the enemy gets the pastor to go down, people start to doubting. People start to do whatever. And I think right. it's important right. to pray. If you're mad at your pastor, Pray for him. If you're upset with a decision yeah. that's made, pray for him. Don't pray necessarily that he changes his mind, but pray for them because it is weighty. Because even through COVID, and we, we don't have time to talk about your COVID experience, we'll do it later, but COVID really divided a lot of churches. Yeah. The way we responded as a nation, as a world to COVID yeah. really divided a lot of churches. Yeah. And we got on our side and said, hey, let's pray for our pastor because it's got to be hard because some right. people want this, some people want that. Right. And I think that happens all the time. But worship music and the color of the pews, all those things happen. Mm-hmm. But to pray for the men of God who God has called to lead. They're not perfect. Don't put them on the pedestal. Right. Love them. Love their families. And I think, too, I, I've been appreciative of your church. Um, I've been doing a lot of work here in the community in your church. Mm-hmm. And many of them have said, hey, let's pray for his family. Let's thank his family for yep. you know allowing him to come. Um, this week or be here away from them and it's been a great benefit to your community and the church here and I'm grateful that they think about my family because to tell you the truth I don't know if you know this but this week has been 115 113 in in Reading on the other day on Sunday it's Monday um, my kids got sick they got food poisoning oh no and that same day the air conditioner went out (laughs) and so yesterday the kids didn't go to school they were home and at one point, my wife told me that Evan was on the floor by the tile because it was cool on the tile. <laughs> and I'm feeling bad that I'm here, but they got it fixed, and I think yeah. everything is back to normal. Kids went to school today. Yep. But I think understand that parent, uh, pastors are people, too, yeah. and you need to honor them. Now, don't, don't worship them. Don't put them on a pedestal. Yeah. But honor them as people who, are, who have the job to equip and to shepherd the body of Christ yeah. Yeah. In, this, in this local context. Right. Knowing that as a under shepherd, right? Because Jesus is the chief shepherd. I'm an under shepherd. Uh, not just praying for for me as the lead, but for any pastor. You know, youth mm-hmm. pastor, worship pastor, a small group pastor. Because um, all people in ministry, uh, full time or vocationally, you know, they've they've said yes to God and said no to a lot of other mm-hmm. things. Um, but figuring out how 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 can we serve, come alongside those pastors as well in their ministry um you know and just uh and just to be available uh for that because you know while yes we get paid to do this scripture's clear that you know it's you should get paid. we should right, right. um that doesn't mean that we have to do all of the lifting mm-hmm. for for the for the ministry of the church and so um yeah yeah, and, and how else are we going to make any kind of real difference in our communities with the gospel if if we don't get everybody in the in the body working together properly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, building itself up in love, which is what Paul says to the Ephesians in chapter four. So, so if we were to try to end this and land the plane with a bunch of peas, we'd say, <laughs> pastors are people too. Don't put them on a pedestal. Pray for them and their people yeah. as they provide leadership and training yeah. for the people in the pews. In the pews. <laughs> and <laughs> this is work, drive my wife crazy. Work to peas. preserve and protect the integrity of the pastor. Wow. 
Yeah. So we have to put all those peas on the on the. That's a whole new there. new can of worms that I just opened up there. But hey, but thank you for joining me. Yep. I think it's great. Now, hopefully, again, connecting faith in life, helping you see your pastor in a different role. Yeah. Um, what whoever your pastor is, you know, your right. pastor or your local church, yeah. and uh, to connecting faith in life to, to to really pray for them and yeah. don't put them on a pedestal. Yeah. And that's why you know, as a pastor, I'm wearing a T-shirt to the office versus a collared shirt, you know, or a suit jacket. All right, Faith Bridge, you want to wear a collar? Let us know. Let's do a poll. Should we wear a collar or no collar? <laughs> yeah, hey, thanks yeah, for watching. Yeah. Or listening as well. Yeah. Blessings. <laughs>